Hello, friends. Welcome to us, dear listener. Welcome to me. Is that um, Kristen Wiig? Yeah. In, um, in the movie is called Welcome to Me, right? Yeah, she, I don't like. She like cr- makes her own talk show or something. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while right. since I've seen the movie. But yeah. I remember I just remember the poster where she was like sitting with a swan and like a umbrella. I just remember the part where she makes a meatloaf cake with uh, oh. <laughs> with with mashed potato frosting. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I might need to rewatch this movie. I just got hungry. Oh, meatloaf with mashed potatoes. That does sound good. See, as a kid, I don't know how you felt, but as a kid, I was like, ew, what's meatloaf? And now as an adult, I, I love it. I loved meatloaf as a kid. So. Like, what else? Yeah, I don't know. What else did I want? It's a loaf it's so of meat. It's so comforting. It's, it's a so... loaf of meat. Hello. Come on. <laughs> What else do you want from life? What do you want from me? But a meatloaf. Meatloaf. Meatloaf and like mismatched plates from like McDonald's. That's the memory. (laughs) I love it. And did, okay, and this might be controversial, but did you put ketchup on your meatloaf? Of course. Right? Of course. Yeah. You need... With a listen, listen. With a meatloaf, you need the extra moisture. I don't care you how you need, get it, but ketchup is yeah. a good way. Another good way is to put onions on it too, like grilled onions. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Welcome like, to meatloaf. The, the grilled onions inside of the meatloaf. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what you do. Which you I would what. not have liked the grilled onions as a kid, but I do now. So yeah, yeah. Welcome to Meatloaf Cast. Welcome to Meatloaf Podcast. Um, <laughs> it is a silly name, though. Meatloaf is a very silly sounding. Yes. I mean, it's very descriptive, though. Like, it's a yeah. loaf of meat, right? <laughs> like, that's what it is. <laughs> Listen, that's what it is, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, Pop DNA Podcast yeah. is what this is. And is the name of me. And yes. <laughs> and uh, we are currently on part three of our Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is Friday night. Lovecraft Country series. But before we get into that, uh-huh. Aaron, what have you been? What have you been watching lately? I can say I have been. You have challenged me to watch new things with this (gasps) segment because I'm so very used to watching the same thing over and over. But I have been watching a whole myriad of things. I've been watching, um, like we talked about last time, I've been been watching Reboot, which I'm loving still. Um, Really enjoying Reboot. Oh, all of them just flew out of my head, though. What else have I been even... Who am I, Rhonda? Um, Who am I? Have you been watching House of the Dragon? I feel like we talked about this I maybe a couple been, weeks ago. I've been falling asleep in it. I really love oh, it, no. but I think it's just <laughs> that like the end of the day is a hard time for me to access anything. 
what have you been watching? And then maybe I'll remember what I've been watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, She-Hulk yes. um, is amazing. The finale just came out, but I haven't watched that yet. So yeah. I have that to look forward to. Um, I also just watched and absolutely loved Catherine Called Birdie yes. on Amazon Prime. This movie was so good. It's based on one of my favorite books from when I was a kid. And it's it's so good. Yeah. And everyone should go watch it. It's been it. on my list. I haven't started it yet. Um, yeah, it just came out like a week ago. So right. like, you're not too far behind. But. Okay. I don't know why. I think it's been yeah. in the news or something. I was really excited to watch it. Yeah, it was... I, I laughed. I cried. I uh-huh. have a new appreciation for the adult characters in the story. <laughs> sure, sure. As always happens when you revisit things the um, gift that, you, of... that you liked as kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely the gift of age. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, you know what is a little bit like different from what we usually talk on this talk about on this podcast but there's a discovery plus show called 100 places to party before you die oh and well you know how i like to party see that's exactly why i love this show because i have never been a partier it's like a uh-huh. slice of it's like a like a sociological so wow that's a word sociological Ooh. exploration on what it's like to seek out like a party environment, which is never anything oh. that I've felt was interesting. So I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe that I've just been on a reality TV bent because I also, there's the new episodes huh. of uh, Nailed It Halloween. With, <gasps> yes. With Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer. I love her. I, I love her so much. Maybe that's yeah. what I've kind of been. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the deep dive is a podcast, but I've been obsessed with. It. Oh my oh, gosh! And okay. uh, so now it's all coming back to me. So yes, the deep dive it's podcast. It's all coming back to, to me, me now. now. Um, Avenue Five is also something I watched a little bit of. It's as if like civilization has shattered and everyone has to be moved to a UFO. Uh, to, oh. a, to like a spaceship not a ufo oh. that would be silly but like a, a ufo <laughs> and the spaceship like, kinda the, looks U- like, an <gasps> like the ufo in nope yes exactly and i just watched get out like an hour ago so oh yeah. nice yeah. yeah you gotta rewatch get out you gotta in a while you got yeah. even i mean for the soundtrack alone my goodness yes And that that movie that you sent me the trailer to, uh, oh. <laughs> which I could not stop laughing, which we obviously have to go to. Megan? We have to go watch that, Megan. Yes, the villain is that. hysterical to me. I think I know it's supposed to be she... scary, but <laughs> so I don't know if you are like at all in like aware of sort of like twilight tiktok or like maybe (laughs) like twilight twitter might have this too but there's like this whole okay so renesme okay 
from uh-huh. Breaking Dawn Part sure. Two. Yep. Um, right. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's like this whole thing about like it's like an inside joke where like you never call Renezme by her actual name when you're talking about her like in like a certain context so like you you call her like robitussin or like regurgitation <laughs> or like resume oh, no. right <laughs> yeah regurgitation i like that one um so <laughs> so like if you i because i i am mentioning this because i came across a trailer for megan on tiktok hmm. and the comments were just full of people um just like saying like um <laughs> like uh like long words that start with r <laughs> and if you didn't know about the whole renesme thing then you would not know what the what these people were doing but they were <laughs> right <laughs> they're saying that like this the megan like android or doll or whatever is it looks like uh looks like robitessin <laughs> <laughs> I explained that very poorly. I'm no, very sorry. I was here Please for it. Please go find it. Twilight TikTok because that, it's the best place on the internet. Honestly. That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've been watching a lot of TikToks. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Obviously. Um, obviously. So that wraps up that. <laughs> segment um <laughs> <laughs> moving on um what did we talk about last week let's refresh our memories last week i gave you my heart and the very next day last you Christmas. gave it away oh have you seen the previews for the new netflix christmas movies that are coming out this year <gasps> no but I'm excited about the one, one the Baker them? Street one Wait, that just came one out of them, for Halloween. One of them has Lindsay Lohan. <gasps> I saw the thumbnail for that. Yeah. Yep. Thank goodness, Lindsay. You've returned okay. to us. Yes. <laughs> You've returned to us. <laughs> In your rightful place as parent trap one and, and two. A and B. One A and two? Yeah. A, A and B. Yeah. Anyway, what we were what we were saying? Oh no! Uh, oh, Wait, last we week about what we talked about last week. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my memory! I don't remember, Rhonda. I mean, we can scroll back in our notes. Let me scroll back in our. This is this is this is Pete grad school brain. I gave my first twenty minute presentation this week, and this is yes. Yes, I remember. Grad school brain, Friday it's night. all coming back to me now. So we okay. discussed kind of the backdrop of Lovecraftian horror and cosmic horror and kind of defined some things there. And then we talked about, we had a conversation about ways to explore race and racism through the horror genre and mm-hmm. ways that it can be effective and ways that it... um can be harmful or um, right. even yeah. more traumatic. Yeah. So this week we um, are probably 
it's probably not going to be like light and playful this week either no No. (laughs) just to just to um you know we're still gonna discuss some like fairly heavy topics this week too so again like if that's if you're not in like uh you know at a place where you feel like you want to listen to that totally understandable of course um do what you need to do to take care of yourself yeah but I did want to dive a little bit into some of the real history that we see in Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Because it is technically a work of historical fiction. Sure. And I think that any time that we have historical fiction, it it uses like the events and the realities of the time that the time period that it's set in to help tell the story. So the time period is like the backdrop for the story, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think I mentioned in our overview episode, I have kind of a soapbox about like people complaining about historical accuracy sure. <laughs> in historical things because like historical accuracy isn't, isn't the point yeah right like the point of having a historical setting is to complement the story and to tell us things about the characters and give yeah. us a context for for the for how the story unfolds right yeah i'm sure you needed to hear all of that so <laughs> i loved it yeah but i do want to mention a few um a few historical events and just kind of like not necess- not necessarily even events but just like historical realities that existed in the 1950s yeah that i think provides some really important context for the characters in Lovecraft Country and for their stories yeah so uh the first thing i want to mention and this is you know something that might that you might not want to you know that you might not want to kind of like listen to right now. Um, I am going to be talking about um, the Jim Crow era and sundown towns in particular. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, the Jim Crow era, um, just kind of as like a quick summary, um, quick refresher, just in case. Um, so this was following, um, following like the reconstruction era after the civil war. We, uh, this is when we saw people who had been enslaved and who were newly freed now had civil rights, um, no, or now were able to exercise their civil rights. And like you would, you saw in like the 18, late 1860s, 1870s, there were several black men who were elected to U.S. Congress and a lot of, um, a lot of black people at that time were, you know, actually thriving in society but like racism obviously did not end with the civil war so course, there yeah. were um so there were a lot of like state and local governments who started actively working to disenfranchise african americans so they would enact laws um that would enforce segregation and that kind of like found ways to to um to disenfranchise them like in terms of like taking away voting rights or like 
you know, creating like these legal loopholes so that essentially most black people weren't able to vote in, you know, in certain areas. And so this, like these laws started gradually building in like the late 19th century. And this was kind of known as Jim Crow laws. Um, And so these laws were in place until the 1960s. So from, you know, like the end of the Civil War in the late 1860s until the 1960s, we had 100 years where, um, you know, black people were free, but they still did not have a lot of rights in most places. Um, So then we have the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which did guarantee voting rights. But obviously, like, that didn't fix everything. Just yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Lovecraft Country takes place in 1955. So that's 10 years before the Voting Rights Act, um, nine years before the Civil Rights Act. So, like, this is still very much the time of Jim Crow. Um, and I think it's it's important to note that, like, Jim Crow, I think when we talk about it, we like we might have a tendency to think of it as like a Southern thing that like, this is just happening in the South, but like it was all over the country. Yeah. Um, And um, I mean like Portland, Oregon was like, I mean, it's still like the whitest city in America. And like, that was very intentional at the time. Um, And we do try to localize it to the South and, yeah. When it, it was widespread. Yeah. Yeah. So in Lovecraft Country, we have Atticus and George and Letty traveling through New England and they encounter racism. They encounter this sundown town. So like it. Yeah, it was all over. It was all over the country. Right. So they encounter this sundown town, which um, it was a town that was... Um, either officially or unofficially, you know, very, very dangerous for people of color after sundown. Um, Hence, hence the term sundown town. Um, So these were communities where they either, you know, they either like made it officially illegal for people of color to be in the area um, between sunset and sunrise, or it was just kind of like unofficially, known that something would happen to you if you were a person of color in this town yeah so the characters in lovecraft country encounter the sundown town and that's like i remember like remember watching the first episode um the first time i watched it and like that like that tension filled like slow chase where they're trying to get out of the town, but they can't, they can't speed. They can't go over the speed limit or they're right. going to get pulled over, yeah. which, you know, obviously, you know, then the police officer is just going to do whatever he wants to them yeah. at that point. But they also have to get out of the city limits before sundown. And yeah, yeah that's like brilliant tension in, in that scene. And really nice a really nice way of looking at that institutionalized racism where mm-hmm. there is no option B it's going to be harmful yep. no matter what. 
I yep. thought that was such a, a nice way to explore that there is no option that it's, it's going to happen no matter what that kind of yeah. thing. It's, I, I don't know about you, but like watching that scene, I was like biting my nails. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of going along with this same sort of idea of, um, of sundown towns and places where it wasn't safe for people of color to be, um, we had the Green Book in the 1930s through mm-hmm. 1960s. So this was a travel guide. Uh, so it was uh, Victor Hugo Green um, wrote the Green Book. So it was a travel guide that listed towns and businesses that were friendly to black travelers. So this was like the opposite of sundown towns, right? So this would help um, this would help people navigate the country. So this, you know, like they would find places all over the country where um, it would be safe to travel between. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's really cool that in Lovecraft Country, George is the editor of a travel guide that's kind of modeled after the Green Book. Yeah. Um, so like they can't call it the Green Book, but right. yeah, it's, right. it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then one more like historical movement that I think ties in really interestingly with Lovecraft Country. It's not from the not 1950s history, but like very, very recent history. Um, so the uh, 2020 George Floyd Black Lives Matter protests yeah. that were happening during that summer, Lovecraft Country aired right in the middle of that, which I think is yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. I have uh, an interview that I found with um, Jonathan Majors, who played Atticus. He did this interview where he talks about, like, kind of how he felt about the significance of this show coming out during this movement for racial justice. Yeah. And um, he, and kind of, like, how he felt that it's able to provide some kind of, like, respite or catharsis for, um, for, like, people who are in this fight you know, for equality. Um, So this quote from him says, it was a reminder to every other country and every other nation that there are some really deep issues inside us as a species. It's not just the pandemic, because of course we've got COVID going on at the same time. Yeah, We're dealing with on the outside, we're dealing with an internal pandemic on the inside as well, that of racial inequality. The murder of our brother George Floyd, all of that came to a head. Yeah. That that was like such a powerful a powerful statement, I thought. Absolutely. Um, and I will link that interview um in our show notes so everyone can go and read that. Yeah. What an important time for this show to have come out, you know? Um Yeah. Especially like yeah, I think he puts it so so well that it's the larger of the two pandemics, you know? It's mm-hmm. really we've it's been we've, going on a lot longer than, than yeah, COVID. Yeah. There've <laughs> been like there's been willful ignorance of it and it's just uh-huh. um what what better time than than a moment where we're all stuck inside to like 
actually do some contemplation about Mm -hmm. anti-bias and about um, stigmas that you're upholding in your own, um, your own thought processes and, yeah. And I think it was also like the fact that everyone was at home and watching things on screens much more than usual. Like everyone like you know even even people who had never had to confront that reality before yeah. suddenly they did because it was on their screens right yeah. in front of them. Um and they couldn't look away. So yeah, yeah I it's yeah. I like I feel like we're still processing mm-hmm. that like as a country. Yeah. Um but yeah. Very very powerful. Still processing and also still trying to find meaningful ways to dismantle. I think there's a really there's just like we want more action, right? We want more mm-hmm. dismantling and it just it feels so slow. It, the whole mm-hmm. process just feels so stuck, I think. Yeah. And I think it's important to, um, it's just so important to continue, like it's, it is a continual conversation. It's not something that can ever just be solved, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something that will ever, okay, we did the, like a lot of businesses are offering trainings and things and yeah, that's, that's really helpful. If you continue, if you make it a part of your everyday practice to consider your words and your thought processes and your actions. Um, but if right. if it yeah. does just become like a, a one day training seminar so you can tick that box, then you have to really look at um, how you're showing up, I think. And it's like it's it's an individual thing. Like yeah. it is a thing where individual people have to continually grow and change but it's also an institutional thing yeah and like if we're just trying to to look at it on an individual level like it's 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 going to take way too long yeah um so yeah it's but you know who has who has the power to change institutions like right who do we yeah and, and how it, can... yeah so we're gonna <laughs> Uh, yeah it's just so frustrating because how can those controlling how can those who can actually create that change make it happen you know there's that conversation of privilege and examining what you can do today next week Um, so I guess I just want to have a call to action if you are in a position where you're leading policies or you're making changes within a, a company um, please look at your practices. And, you know, I mean, we could al- also just completely topple mm-hmm. the patriarchy. Please. And, like, dismantle capitalism. Yeah. Because that... <laughs> anyway, we're getting... <laughs> yeah. We're getting, we're getting uh, into the weeds here. So... <laughs> I did not expect it to take that turn, but there we are. So <laughs> I also don't have a good s- segue. Uh. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the reason why capitalism has maintained its death grip on our society for so long, you could say is because of fear. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> no, I really... <laughs> 
it's so true, you know? Um, and so I know, I know that in our geek out, which if you haven't listened to our geek out, we need to talk about horror. Yes. Uh, you should, you should go back to that years and years ago. Uh, yes. The good old days. Gosh, 2017, maybe? Before, 2018? Before we knew what a COVID was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it was a while ago. But I did mention the psychology of fear on that episode. And I, uh, in researching for this episode, there have been some recent updates in how Ooh. we think about uh, the science of fear. I'm um, so excited for this. And I really don't want to nerd out too bad, but I'm gonna, so Do I'm it. sorry. Um, I did... It. I did want to note just some um, key terms and then as we move forward and then just just one kind of major new way that we're thinking about how we process fear. So um, our first so we're thinking about our, our beautiful brains here um, and a lot of these terms sound like Lovecraftian uh, monsters in and of themselves. Yay. So um <laughs> Our first one is our cerebral cortex, which you've likely heard of before. So uh-huh. that that's where our conscience, our and conscious medulla thoughts. oblongata. Ex- exactly. Is that yeah. a thing? I think is so. The, is that in the cerebral cortex? I don't. I won't. I don't remember. I only play a psychologist on TV. Um, okay. But I do, so the cerebral cortex, you're probably right, because you're a very smart human. I don't, so I, I have no you. idea. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your cerebral con- or your cerebral cortex is where your conscious thoughts are kind of hanging out. Um, and then we have our um, amygdala, which oh, is... Oh, amygdala. I love amygdala on a sandwich. It's so it's good. Great. With like with like an aioli, uh huh. Maybe with some know, like, capicola, uh, yes. salami. Love that. <laughs> Love that. So the amygdala is where we store our emotions. Um, so these two are gonna obviously inter intertwine, right? Because your cerebral cortex is where you're thinking your good old thoughts, and then your amygdala is where you're feeling your emotions. And then finally, our last player here today is our olfactory, which is where we respond to our senses. So, Like old spaghetti factory? Exactly. So if you're having a good chicken <sighs> that parm. That so good right now. It does sound really good right now. I like the lasagna. I really like all of it. I'll just mm. eat it. I like their bread. Mm. Oh, yeah. The Sicilian garlic cheese bread. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And we're just si- making ourselves hungry. <laughs> well, and your Sicilian garlic cheese bread is another part of your brain. So that's, that's okay. That's true. Uh, so, and spumoni. Mm, sp- oh, Spumoni. Um, I don't know what song that is. Who knows? I don't either. I liked um, it, though. <laughs> I think it was an old camp song. We used to sing, oh, burrito. And I don't know. I, see, I just think of 
the episode of Hey Arnold where <laughs> Helga wants to get the boots that are like Spumoni, uh-huh. like the designer is Spumoni or something, and she finally gets the boots, and then she's like dancing in the street, and it's and the music is like Go Spumoni, Go Spumoni. I love that because the the Frank Sinatra character in Hey Arnold is Dino Spumoni. Oh, as well. okay. Um, oh, so it was like Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. I'm just putting this together right now. <laughs> I loved Hey Arnold. I still love Hey oh, Arnold. Oh, Hey Arnold's great. Um, okay. But yeah, so... <laughs> um. So as I mentioned, your amygdala and your your cerebral cortex chat with each other a whole lot. Because if you are feeling an emotion, it's going to need to connect to a thought, Um, Uh which makes a lot of sense, especially if we're thinking about fear. Um, Mm. So that electrical charge that we feel when we are afraid is caused by the neurotransmitter norepinephrine like nora ephron except a neurotransmitter yeah okay nora ephron the the neurotransmitter um love her and and it actually creates real i mean all neurotransmitters do but it it can it creates these really intense electrical bursts in your brain um which they used to think was kind of the main reason why fear memory is so um, is so intense is that the the electrical bursts some put forth that the electrical bursts might just be more intense for mm. fear based memory. Um, so that was one hypothesis that was put forth a long time ago. But there's new research that I'm super excited about. Watch me nerd. Um, we actually store our fear memories in our olfactory. So where we have that sense memory, which is why, like, if you, if you think back to a time when you were really, really scared, you can likely also remember like what it smelled like or Mm. what it, Mm -hmm. what like the, like, say you were sitting on a couch and you watched a scary movie. You could likely remember the texture of the couch a little bit better, the smell of the popcorn or a sound the smell of the grease paint the roar of the crowd see exactly exactly <laughs> um and i thought that was really interesting because yeah as i was researching this i realized that moments of fear in my in my memories are usually accompanied by at least one if not a few like sense memories and so they're now thinking mm. um that that that's because it connects to your olfactory system, which also mm-hmm. makes sense if we're thinking about survival yeah. because like evolutionary. Go- yeah. Like yeah. you're going to need to remember what was yeah. happening when you were in danger. So you can avoid that situation again. Right. Yeah. And like, if we, if, if you remember what to do in a, in a scary situation, you're like you might not be able to see the thing that's causing the fear but your senses are one of the quickest acting you know so it's mm-hmm. it's a more immediate system um and i just thought that was, that's new as of 2022 um, wow. that it's pretty 
it's it's a lot different than what we thought it was in terms of um, processing fear. And yeah. I love science. <laughs> yeah, look at you using your degree. My little my little degree. Um, thanks, Nora. Nora I really, Efron. I really can't and think spaghetti, of that. Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> Nora Efron and Spaghetti Factory. My thesis title. Um, and that, like, my little, my tidbit was a little shorter this week, but I was just kind of, like, blown away by the ways that our brain continues to surprise us and kind of fool us in terms of, like, acting one way and then, yeah. oh, it turns out it's totally not that think- way. And I think that that's, like, I think maybe that's kind of, like, instinctive to how, like, not just how we, like, process, like, a scary movie or, like, a horror TV show, but, like, the the way, sorry, I'm, like, just putting this together right now. I haven't thought this out. But, um, yeah. but like, the way that, like, we see characters... Like in Lovecraft Country, for example, the way that we see them experiencing fear. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Can you like see the connections there? Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's a question. (laughs) Well. (laughs) You don't have to answer. I'm just I'm just thinking I'm just thinking about it. (laughs) <laughs> I did just watch another I watched I just I know I mentioned this but I did recent like just finish watching Get Out and the way that she traps him has to do mm-hmm. with those senses right and she uses right. his fear so yeah. I saw as I was watching that I saw I thought that was really cool Jordan Peele's just a genius well, when but he yeah. talks about when he's talking about like how he remembers the night that his mom passed away yeah. and he remembers like what he was watching on TV. He yeah. remembers um, the you know, rain. Like, how dark it was. He remembers mm-hmm. the rain, like the sound of the rain. Yeah. So, yeah, that totally fits. As I was watching, I was like, look at you, Jordan look Peele. Look at you, Jordan Peele. You little you genius. <laughs> I love him so much. I do um, too. That is fascinating. It's just, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, All of psychology, I think, is so interesting because you do start to see it in television and and movies and media. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's like, we kind of like, so like, these are like new discoveries in psychology, but I think that they're also kind of things that we sort of a lot of times we know them like intrinsically without having, you know, maybe even with like without articulating it, maybe we don't even have like the, the, the conscious um, thought to like put this into words, but we understand that like on an intuitive level. And so it kind of comes out um, you know, in art and in and in things that we create. Yeah, absolutely. The connection between psychology and art, I think, is so interesting, too. Oh, yeah. It's such a way to process it. Um, mm-hmm. And like, and paying attention to your senses and your sense memory can be a really important way to heal 
from trauma and from different things because mm. you kind of notice because sometimes our brains block out memories but you'll still remember often uh, I think sometimes that's why we feel uncomfortable in certain situations is we can remember we have a mm. sense memory of like a toxic event but you might not have access to those memories and then through oh, kind of yeah. bumping into that you can kind of start to to remember and then work through that um brains are mm, cool man interesting yeah brains are fascinating um <laughs> I'm in this one Discord server that has a channel called Learn About Brains. <laughs> it's like a Star Wars Discord server. <laughs> but there's I love this channel that. like Learn About Brains, and every once in a while someone will just drop a random brain fact in that I channel. I love that. That's great. Um. <laughs> I really want like a detailed poster for my wall just of the parts of the brain. The parts um, of the brain. Just because... I think I'm going to need to know them and they're, they're feeling kind of Lovecrafty right now in terms of the names. Yes. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I've just remembered what I've been watching. <laughs> what, were, what have you been watching? Our brains are fascinating. Um, I have been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's what I've oh. been watching. <laughs> I've been rewatching. My thought was, I was thinking about this episode where where Boyle, like, drops coffee on himself. And I was thinking uh -huh. about, and I just now thought, oh, that must have smelled so bad. And then I said, that's what I've been watching. Uh -huh. Our brains are weird. <laughs> yes, they are indeed. It was, yeah. it was just the episode where uh, Amy and Jake go on there. Not a first date. It's like he's trapped her kind of into going on this first oh, date but then they're actually uh -huh. gonna like fall in love or whatever. but yeah yeah, yeah anyway. they are anywho <laughs> <laughs> oh they're so cute um they yeah well yeah next next week we're i think we're actually gonna have some fun next week so uh-huh <laughs> not that this wasn't fun but you yeah know, i think We've got some lighter topics next week, which yeah. will be nice. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Join us. Yeah, please. Um, and go go watch something. Go watch. And the, yeah. think about your brain. <laughs> and eat some Old Spaghetti Factory. Old Spaghetti Factory. At if you have one in, yeah. in your area. Because I think they... Yeah. Um, they... I mean, they're, like, all over the country, but you might not be, like, within close proximity. Of they're kind of spread know. out. Yeah. They're kind of spread out. Yeah. Anyway, well, do that if, if you can. It's well not, worth it. If not, you know, buy some Barilla. You know, make it yourself. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's it like 99 pasta cents. Pasta barilla. <laughs> barilla. I always want to, like, pronounce it like the, like like spanish pronunciation right but in italian you would actually pronounce it barilla bar 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 barilla? Barilla. Oh, I, know. I don't know i know I'm, nothing I'm not a, snow. i, I do know. not know languages unfortunately as hard as i tried on duolingo but um i want to try Babel. i've heard it's good i haven't yeah there's also a book that just came out called Babel. Huh. um that's 
that sounds really good that I want to read. That's like an academic fantasy, like... Oh my gosh, I have this saved fantasy. on my Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, I would like to read that book. And so we will <laughs> bid you <laughs> adieu. Adieu. <laughs> to you and you and you. To you and you and you. All right. Bye, friends. Bye. <laughs>